0: I've sent the materials off, I think, four or five times to a couple different labs now. And every time the tech who did the test calls me like, what is this material? Where did you find this? Like, you know, honestly, it is the least engineered product that is on the market.
1: You're listening to the Good Dirt Podcast. This is a place where we dig into the nitty-gritty of sustainable living through food,
2: fashion, and lifestyle. And we're your hosts, Emma and Mary Kingsley, the mother and daughter founder team of Lady Farmer, a slow living apparel and lifestyle brand.
1: We started this podcast as a means to further share the wealth of information and quality conversations that we're having constantly in our world as we dream up and deliver ways for each of us to live into the new paradigm. One that is regenerative, balanced, and whole. We want to put the microphone in front of the voices that need to be heard the most right now. The farmers, the dreamers, the designers,
2: and the doers. Come cultivate a better world with us. We're so glad you're here. Now let's dig in. Hello, everyone. Hi, and happy Halloween weekend. Yay, it's Halloween tomorrow. So fun. Yes, I really love Halloween. The atmosphere is just so magical and otherworldly. And I have such happy memories as a child. And um, I just love it. I'm really excited. And this year, it's on a Saturday and on a full moon. So I feel like it's really special. Yeah, and this whole fall has just
1: felt so... At least here on the East Coast, it's just so, we've had such amazing fall weather and the leaves have been so incredible and
2: there's just something very Halloween-y in particular about this year. And perhaps it's no coincidence that we're airing this particular episode today with Jason Schaefer of Holy Lamb Organics, who's going to tell you some pretty scary things about your bedding.
1: Yeah, well, not to scare you entirely. It's, it's kind of fun because there's also things that you don't have to be scared of. But um, yeah, I don't want people to think that we're scaring them. Um, no. <laughs> before we get started with this really enlightening conversation, really, uh, about bedding and everything that goes into it and how important it is to think about what is in your bedding. Uh, we wanted to read one of our podcast reviews that one of you have left us. Well, we've had we have several reviews, but we're just gonna read one today. We love hearing from all of you and where you're listening from. And we just want to give a little shout back. So here goes from listener Jacqueline R. She says, What warmth and wisdom. Oh, that's sweet. Thankful for these bright lights sharing their curiosities and digging into topics and conversations we should all be pondering throughout our days. That just makes me so happy. Thank you, Jacqueline, for listening.
2: Yes, thank you, Jacqueline. That's so nice. Our podcasting journey this year has been so fun. And we've really learned so much. And we're so inspired to keep going and continue to grow our show. And you... Our dear listeners are a huge part of that. If you know someone in your life who would love the good dirt, please share the show with them. And if you leave a review, we just might read it aloud here.
1: Yes, thank you so much for your continued support. And we are really excited about everything coming up for the good dirt. We're really going to be growing the show and hopefully adding an episode every week and all of these things i i can't promise exactly when but it's gonna happen you guys we're just the good dirt it's gonna be everywhere and, and we can't wait <laughs> we're doing a lot of work on it behind the scenes and we can't wait to share it with you
2: okay now on to this week's episode um we begin with uh, jason's story of how he ended up at holy lamb which really is in large part his wife's story and the sudden onset of some severe health problems that affected her daily life and her job and how it led um to where he is today and how we ended up working with him
1: jason talks us through the holy lambs requirements for wool sourcing so kind of the checklist that they go through when they source their wool and their materials for the bedding And in that, we learned about regenerative agriculture. So if you are here today listening and you don't yet know about regenerative agriculture, you'll hear a little bit about that in this episode.
2: We chat about all of those confusing certifications. It's not just about organic. There are other things, other requirements, other considerations that you'll be very interested in. I really was encouraged by this
1: episode about why, these kinds of things cost so much more money. Hearing him talk about the way his business is run, the way they source things, the way these products are built. And uh, while I will definitely need to save up for a little while to afford one of his mattresses, um, I, I just feel really good about the work that he's doing. And it's something I'm really looking forward to saving
2: for. Greenwashing is real, folks, and you want to learn everything you can about this so that you don't get distracted by that.
1: Yeah, marketing is really confusing, and that's why we're here. We want to try to give you real information so that you can make these kinds of decisions for yourself and for your family. Yep. So another really special thing about this episode is that Holy Lamb Organics is sponsoring the good dirt podcast live recording at the lady farmers the living retreat so at the lady farmers the living retreat which tickets close on monday you guys you have on november 1st so you have like from the time this episode drops like 48 hours to get your ticket if you haven't yet uh we'll be having a live recording of the podcast that weekend totally sponsored by holy lamb and we'll be talking to natalie channon of alabama channon we are super excited about that conversation so definitely tune in then and we hope that you enjoy the rest of this episode and also just a plug all of the holy lamb organic bedding is 20 percent off in our store right now so another great reason to take opportunity all right enjoy the episode <music>
0: So it all started about 10 years ago. I kind of stumbled into this world. Um, I'd moved out to the Northwest after getting out of the Army. Um, and just, I was finishing up my master's program and needed something physical to do. So I got a job at a local company out here, basically delivering mattresses on the weekend while I was going to school during the week. And my focus for the master's program was uh, an MBA with a focus on sustainable business my long-term goal was to be basically a consultant that would go into existing companies and help them implement more socially and environmentally uh, friendly practices. Uh, I didn't really want to start from the ground up. I wanted to help the people that were already there. But while I was working at this uh, local mattress company that was already focusing on green mattresses, I kind of got to know a little bit about that world. And while all this was going on, um, my wife, who at the time was my girlfriend, moved into the house that I'd gotten out here, and we bought our first bed, thinking, ah, we're grownups now, let's get our first mattress, so we went to Costco like everyone else does, and we bought a memory foam bed, because everyone had said it's the best mattress ever, so my wife before this was perfectly healthy, fit as a fiddle, never had any real health issues, um, aside from her asthma that she'd grown up with, but it hadn't been an issue for years. So the first night she started sleeping on it, she started having some really negative impacts, started snoring, started waking up with headaches, was congested for almost the entire day, would finally start to feel better around four or five in the afternoon. And then, of course, lay back in bed and then start to feel sick again. She went to the doctor. The doctors really just kind of said it was allergies. Um, Naturally, this was in December. I was like, okay, there's no allergies in December. not a lot of pollen out there, so we kept the room immaculate. we kicked the dogs out, put in air filters, put in house plants, put in everything we could do to kind of keep the room as clean as possible. Uh, but still, she kept having issues and so while I was working at this green mattress company, they had a, a mattress get returned and didn't have a plan for it. so I just brought it home, uh, swapped out the mattresses, and that day, or that night, she slept fine through the night, she woke up, no headaches. Felt good, no congestion, her asthma wasn't kind of impacting her at all. And so that was kind of my conversion point of, I just at first, it was just a job working at this place, something physical to keep my, my body active while my brain was taking a break, and then just kind of completely shifted. And I got really into the industry, really into the business, went from the delivery driver to the operations manager, and then took over the sales side of the house, and then eventually was the general manager and got my wife a job there as the accountant, because she was, while she was dealing with these issues, she was also a tax accountant, and it was really causing her a lot of issues in that, and she almost lost her job there, but after getting the new bed, it just kind of cleared it up that day, kind of a deal. That's so, crazy.
2: Wow. Yeah. No, that is, that is an amazing testimonial to the invisible things that are affecting our health that we don't even have a clue about,
0: mm-hmm. and, and the doctors, had no idea that was still what baffled me the most to be like well she's sleeping on a bed that is basically all chemicals there's flame barriers in there you know the whole thing is just wrong to be laying on and they were just like ah, it's allergies in December did not even thinking about it Mm like December there's not a lot of pollen in the air right now
2: yeah so So like everybody out there that struggles with like migraines and constant allergies or um, any number of symptoms, and has been to the doctor, and what's the cause? And it could be something as simple as what you're sleeping on.
0: Yeah, and that's one thing we've noticed a lot is we tend to have bigger sales towards the end of the summer. And a lot of times when I'm working with people, it's they went camping, and so while they were camping, they were like, "Yeah, I started to feel really good," and I thought it was just the outdoors. And then I came home and started laying on the bed, and then I started to feel sick again. And it's like, well. You are away from the situation or they go vacationing, especially Europe. I have a lot of people when they come back from Europe, they're like, yeah, I slept fantastically on the bed over there. So I looked at what the mattress was and overseas, they sleep a lot more on latex and on cotton and wool futons. It's just more prevalent over there. Um, And then they'll come back and say, yeah, you were the local place that had a similar mattress. So a lot of times it's just people getting out of their normal rhythm and seeing what else is out there to sleep on that really helps them. It Mm -hmm. also sleeps fantastically cool. Like the wool and latex combination, they both are really good at um, temperature regulation. And so my wife's a radiator. And so by me sleeping next to her, I couldn't, we couldn't, we really couldn't even share the memory foam bed because it's designed to absorb, you know, your body.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: And so just the temperature regulation piece of it as well. um, the, The right firmness for me. So I prefer it that way. I don't usually have as many health issues, though, so I'm I'm not as much of a canary in the mine, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so.
2: Well, you you mentioned um, you know people coming back from Europe. Um, I know from my own research on this sort of thing that there are substances that are illegal in Europe that are, yep. are that are still allowed here, and yep. people don't just understand or have any idea about this yeah. and it's perfectly yeah. legal, legal and you know, G R A S generally regarded as safe
0: uh-huh.
2: until proven otherwise uh-huh. on humans. So yeah. <laughs> um, to, were you ever able to find out exactly what any of those substances were in the mattress that was giving her problems or is it just well, a
0: bunch of I'm stuff? certain it's the formaldehyde. I'm certain that's what it is. The flame resistant glue. It's what they use to make particle board. Um, and yeah, it's like, it's the same material they use to, to glue together wood chips so that you can make a wall, like, and you're sleeping on that. Um, and so that I'm certain that was a big piece of it. And then just the, you know, memory foam was just a petrochemical product. So it's like sleeping on a, um, you know, with a Tupperware container. And it's like, yeah, great. It'll store your food. Okay. But you don't want to be breathing on it for that time. Um, a and third then, of your life. <laughs> ideally a third of your life.
2: Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, right. Three and a six-year-old right now who don't don't let me do that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other piece of it too is I'd like I wish I could go back and look at it again, but just to see what the flame barrier that they did put on there, because the most common way they do it now is a rayon barrier, which is just a thin layer of basically flame retardant um, sheeting that goes around there. Again, a petrochemical byproduct, but basically it can't catch on fire and it blocks all air from getting through it. So you sleep a lot hotter in it. Um, again, that's like running in a polyester suit. It feels nice yeah. and soft at first, but there's no airflow. Uh, but the other way they're doing it now to help with the temperature regulation. This is where you see a lot of beds with the gels and all the other additional pieces to keep it cool is they're actually using a powder to that basically stops all flames from getting in. The downside is you're breathing that powder in all night long because it's not encased in anything. It's just basically around that fill material and so that's where a lot of people have started complaining that if they have a, like they sleep in a black shirt, then when they wake up in the morning, they'll see the powder on their shirt. And you're kind of there like, you were also breathing that in all night long. It's like being in a you know a dusty crawl space or something like that, where there's dust and dirt floating all around you. You're breathing that in all night long. So I'm I'm more on the fence of thinking that's what they use for the flame barrier on that bed. And you know, had I just known, because I had no idea in the day, you can look at the law tag. That's on the mattress, and see what's in the what's you know the materials that are in the mattress. The same as looking at a box of crackers to see what ingredients are in that at a grocery mm-hmm. store.
2: Are you are you actually going down and getting the wool from the from the producers, the the people that are growing the sheep? And
0: I used to go out and just visit the ranches. Like I uh-huh. visited probably thirty of the fifty that we get um, the wool from. Yeah. Um, but I haven't been able to do that this this year just because of everything. Normally I just go and pick up the wool batting um and then I just go and basically talk to the farmers because our whole thing is you can get wool anywhere I mean Mm -hmm. it's not a hard material to come by it's more of just the how sustainably it was raised yeah yeah what happened to the sheep yeah and
1: tell us about that what's what's kind of your standards
0: so our standard I mean it's the sheep is being raised for the wool the sheep's not being raised for the meat and then the wool is just a byproduct um and then the sheep has to be out on the range, out on the pasture, actually eating the grass and getting a space, has to have a, you know, its normal lifespan as not being raised as a lamb and getting one shearing out of it and then moving on. Um, and so that, that's the main one. And then also just that it's, it's not being, um, you know, fed a bunch of antibodies because it's too close together with other sheep. Um, just, you know, basically fair and sustainable labor practices going into it as well. It's pretty in-depth. It's also up on the website. So
1: grazing happy sheep on ranches that are probably using also regenerative practices because grazing animals is regenerative. So for anyone listening who's not totally familiar with the term regenerative agriculture, it has to do with um, sort of re-depositing nutrients back into the soil. So the sheep would graze and then they walk around and they poop and then they trample it and then that makes room for lots of great bugs and microbiology. So um, it's really cool to have this this world product as a as a re- product of that process. Mm-hmm. And it's really important then to support businesses that are supporting these. Supply chain. So that's really cool. I mean, that's one of the main reasons why, As pro- I think that's how we even found you okay. was in a regenerative agriculture magazine. Yeah, yeah. It Acres. It was an Acres yeah. magazine. Acres.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 And we're actually, I'm not supposed to say anything quite yet, but in 2021, the goal is to have all of our uh, eco will also be climate neutral or carbon cool. neutral. Excuse me. Oh, so yeah. we, we just kind of got the thumbs up for that attentive one just because everything is taking exponentially longer this year. Yeah um, so that, that's also on the the docket for next year.
2: That's amazing. Oh my gosh. So, um, I think it would be helpful also for our audience to hear you talk a little bit about these different certifications. I mean, everybody's familiar with organic, um, and, and then what's eco wool and what's natural and all those things. And what do all those things mean? And I think people get confused. Like if it's not organic, then it's, It's not really good, you know. But there, I try to explain to people. There's other certifications. There's other Mm -hmm. specifications. And so, you want to talk about that a little bit?
0: Sure. It is mind-numbingly confusing. Yeah. Um, I I try and go through just as to the eyes of a consumer, and I've been doing it for ten years. I've certified, I think, eight buildings now um, to be GOTS and Gold certified, Global Organic Textiles, Global Organic Latex, and I get in trouble because I get too deep in the the details of it and speaking that language that people just, you know, it's, it's confusing and it is over and it's designed to be is the annoying part. Um, the FCC came out and I think 2017 or 2018 and basically said, they're not going to regulate anything in terms of people making the claim organic. Um, oh. but they will go after anyone who says certified organic. So what that ended up doing is basically meaning that's, you know, I can make the claim right now that my phone is organic and they wouldn't care. They'd be like, okay, cool. You figured that out. Great. But as soon as you come out and say it's certified organic, that's when they're like, okay, that has to be regulated by somebody. And that's where they look to the global organic textile standard or the global organic latex standard to kind of be the enforcement wing of that. So that was a real letdown that everyone was pretty upset about back in 2017 or 18. It was right around that timeframe. Um, and so what that's kind of done is now you have people who will just list products on their website as organic mm-hmm. and you know when you look at it again that's why i encourage people contact the company or you know and look ask them for the law tag so they can see what's actually in there because when i go secret shopping the first thing i ask of what's your organic product and they'll throw me a pillow and you look at the law tag and the number one ingredient is polyester it's like okay this is not an organic item so the main thing I just try and educate people on is always ask for the tag. Just always ask to see what is on the law tag because you have to disclose that um, for the product. So, that's, so organic has kind of turned into this weird nebulous zone where any, it could be anything. And unless it's certified, there is nothing to back up that it's certified. So then that, that's kind of the center and the weird area now. Taking a step down from there, you have like regional certifications, like we have the eco wool certificate, which basically, you know, I'm trying to get it built up a little bit more to where we have a third party come in and audit it the same as you have with, you know, the highest standards. Um, but right now we're still trying to work that out. It's basically me going to the ranchers and talking to the ranchers and getting, you know, looking them in the eye and saying, hey, you're using these labor practices and these um Um, the, you know, the the fair practice for the animals as well. Um, And that's, that's all it is. is It's me looking them in the eye and getting the handshake. Um, And so that's where the eco wool is. And there's a lot of them around the country. And that's really just calling the company and just making sure um, that the wool that they're using is certified by that eco wool or the eco pure or the, um, you know, they're everywhere and they're harder, they're harder to regulate. We're working on stepping our Um, wool blend up. And and basically all that uh, eco-wool blend is, is making sure that we have enough um, variety of sheep in in our wool pool so that we can get good quality wool out of it. Because you don't want to have just one type of sheep that you're getting all your wool out of. By having that diversity of the sheep breeds, you get a better, you know, wool batting out of it and wool product. Huh, um, why is that because yeah. you
1: can use the different like different Textures. types of sheep have different like types and yep,
0: cool. different fibers so some provide a fiber that's really good at uh temperature regulation some you know they're more they're in colder and warmer climates you know they'll be out in montana where yeah it's gonna get cold and it's gonna get hot like that's just the way life is or you know the sheep that are right in Cali- more in the california area they tend to have a better a more loft i should be able to just i mean it's 40 sheep that we have in the eco wool um, wool pool 40 breeds um, I should be able to just name off what they are but today's not that day. That's
1: okay. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, I never thought about it like that. Yeah
0: yeah and so that diversity really helps um, and so that's originally how it got started was of like we want to create this wool pool that we can use and we want to have these this many sheep and so then we started looking at where we could get those breeds of sheep and then from those breeds of sheep we started looking into okay who is making who is Raising these sheep in the most sustainable way possible. And then we were just kind of, and then, you know, basically only picking the top ranchers out of there. And so that's how we've been able to slowly limit the, you know, only working with the best ranchers that have the best practices and not mm-hmm. working with the ones that are raising just for meat and, you know, as the fibers by byproduct. Yeah.
2: What a far cry this is from something that, like, was created in a lab. Uh-huh. And has a bunch of chemicals and plastic in it and uh-huh. um, that people aren't even aware of. It's just, it's, it's huge. Um, so it, it might be obvious to us, like you're preaching to the choir here on how these, this beautiful diversity of animals from, from sustainable land is a better thing to sleep on than the other. <laughs> but what do you say to your customers who say that all sounds great, but I just can't afford those things. It's too expensive. I'm, I can, I can do much better on Amazon. Any of the other number of reasons that they would have not to order these things.
0: Uh huh. My number one that I'll usually, and it's, it's easier when I can talk to the person and kind of feel them out. Um, and the number one thing is just say, yes, you can go to Amazon or you can go to Costco or you can go anywhere and get something for cheap. But you're going to have to do that five to seven times over the life of, you know, if you went with one of our products. If you buy this once, it's going to last you three to five years if it's a topper. It's going to last you eight to 20 years if it's a comforter. And then our mattresses are warrantied to last you 20 years, and I've tested them to last you for 30. And we want it to last that long because we put a lot of work into making sure the materials and the supply and everything are correct so that we're making a high quality product. I mean, it, this isn't being made overseas. Um, you know, the average time to build a product for us is about an hour. So if someone has spent an hour of time making this compared to anything you get at Costco, someone spent probably about 15 minutes making that product. We make, I think a thousand pillows a year, maybe seven, maybe probably 500, 600 comforters. So it's this deal of like, we're not, we're not just massive producing these items. Like these are all handmade, they're heirloom quality. You could pass this off to your next generation if you wanted to.
1: Yeah, uh, and it really is like so visible. Uh, like we've, rec- we've gotten a few things from you guys and it's just like every time it comes, first of all, there's like no plastic in the packaging, which yeah. is awesome. And then you have that wonderful, like it just smells like fresh and um, clean. I don't know. And like the, the hand... But the comforters, like the, um, it's very like old-fashioned. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> with the tie, what is it? Is it is it yarn that like holds them together?
0: Um, that's actually our sateen. Uh, we just okay. rip it into smaller pieces because that's our scrap from making. Yeah, oh, that's whatever, cool too. It's part of our zero waste program of just using items that would normally just be thrown away because I don't mm-hmm. know what to do with it. We try and just reintegrate it into our 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 you know our production process.
1: Yeah. So yeah, heirloom really. I. is the best word to describe what these things look like and feel
2: like and to go back to your your the story you opened up with and you know people might say I you know I just I'm just not going to pay that for a pillow or a comfort or whatever but then they how much you know time and money are they spending trying to figure out their migraines or Uh with not even a clue and like this connection is just has not been made for for consumers. Like yeah. how, how real of an issue this is.
0: Unfortunately, it's making that decision of where where do your priorities lie. And I'm not an aggressive salesperson. I usually just listen to people, try and understand what their concerns are, what mattress based on their description of it they need, and then I just let them lay on it or I let them lay with the pillow for as long as possible. Mostly because we have a showroom floor. We're not yeah. just online just trying to sling these things. Um, but just take your time, make the right decision that's right for you. I can, I can tell you what you want to hear all day long, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter until you've, you know, tested the product and gotten the right feel for it. And I think that's what the process should be like. There's no need for it to be aggressive. There's no need to push something. Mm -hmm. Just each, everyone is unique and everyone needs that unique feel. And so we can kind of deliver that.
2: Yeah. And the you know the other thing is that longevity is a huge piece of it, but that's just one piece of it. There's so much more involved, you know, environmentally and and health wise. And um, but people tend to hear that the most. Oh, you know, this is like this is one investment that'll last me a long time. And I don't think people are quite yet convinced of the, all the connections, you know, with you know the health and the environment and you know it's just they're just not there yet. But I think. You know, we're slowly getting there more conscious. Well, of and I things. also think
1: something that people are maybe just starting to pay attention to um is like, it's also important to know like who you're giving your money to and like what you're giving your yeah. money to. And yeah, maybe it, it might be 20% more expensive, but you're supporting this um small business in a small town that is employing people from that town. And it's, you know, it's. Yeah, much it's, I mean, it, it's all, we talk about this a lot. It's all about your own set of values and priorities yep. and like what fits into what, and we can't t- tell people what decision to make, but it's really all about equipping yourself with information and then being able to like sift yep. and understand.
2: Yeah. When all these people are hearing more and more about soil quality and the importance of that. And, um, and you know, climate change and personal health and your gut health and all this, all this is so tied to the soil. And I think people are catching on to that. And so, you know, you're not only investing in this, this wonderful thing for your home and your health, but you're, you're investing in good soil. Yeah. yeah. With these products. And that's, that's just huge. <laughs> I have
1: a question about the mattresses specifically. So I do not have one of your mattresses. I want one. Okay. Are they just wool? Like, Tell me about that, yeah.
0: So the way that, so basically at at its core is basically a a slab of latex. Um, And depending on which thickness you go with, it's either three inches or six inches. Um, And that latex is tapped from a rubber tree. Right now we're getting them out of Guatemala, um, which is one of the first um, plantations here on the, you know, on our side of the world. Wow. Um, And so I like that just because the shipping time is, the shipping distance is so much less. We used to get them out of India, and the hard part there is, you know, they say death to distance because we can get stuff from point A to point B so easily now, One's it's like, yeah, hey, you're still generating a whole lot of waste mm-hmm. to get it from point A to point B in that situation. Um, so I'm excited just that we have it from, from this, this side of the globe. Um, but basically, they tap a rubber tree the same way that you would tap a maple tree to get maple syrup out of it. And then um, from then they collect it in you know, barrels and then whip it up and put it into uh, basically a mold that cooks it. And that's what, when you see holes in latex, that's what that's all about. Those are the rods that stick up that actually heat it to the right temperature to get it to solidify. Um, and the way that we're using the latex, we don't need it to be cooked to too hot of a temperature. So it's not like a latex glove where it's, you, know, you really have that flexibility to it. It's more rigid. Um, and it, by doing that, it just doesn't have to mess with the chemical bonds as much. Um, so anyway, that long winded piece there, that's the latex. Oh, it's
1: fascinating. I have no idea. I just think of latex and I think latex gloves and yep. I didn't even know yep. it came out of a tree. <laughs> yep.
0: Everyone does. And there's a lot of different blends of latex. Like the, we use Dunlop latex, which is the only latex that can be certified. It's the oldest way of making latex materials. Um, it was more common for tires back in the day and now it still is, but, um, Mattresses is another piece that can be made with it uh, in that process. Talalay is the newer way of doing it, and that's where you get all kinds of blends. There's all kinds of marketing terms for it. Botanical is the nemesis right now of the organic, the certified organic world, where they say it has a certain percentage of natural materials in it, so therefore it's botanical. Anywho, sorry, another rant. (laughs) It'll it'll, it'll happen a lot. so then we get those latex cores in, and then what we use for our flame barrier, so every mattress made in the United States and up in Canada has to pass certain federal flame regulations, which I could go on with those for a day, but that's probably another podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: we'll put it on the schedule. <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> uh, so we use what's called needle-punched wool, and so that's where you take the wool that's in our comforters and toppers, and you basically put it on a machine that, um, you know, for lack of a better term, Dabs it a million times. And what that does is it tangles up the wool and basically compresses it down. And so by doing that, you get the flame retardant benefits of the wool that are still in there, but it's at a thinner layer so that it's more dense. So it's harder for any kind of flame to make it through there. Um, and there's less airflow going through it. So it's less, it's, it, it's harder to ignite. Um, and That's so That's
2: crazy. And yeah. wool is flame retardant anyway.
0: Anyway, yep. And so this- yeah. Pulls the air out of it basically by making it so dense so there's not as much airflow. Because when you have wool batting, you have a lot of airflow in there, yes. and fire needs air to breathe. And so by needle punching it, you basically condense what would normally be about an inch thick of wool batting down to a quarter of an inch. Um, and so by doing that, it's just it. You, there's no airflow going through there, so you have the benefit of the wool. It's already flame retardant plus the lack of oxygen. It passes the flame regulations better. Than any man-made um, material today. Like when we, when you burn them, uh, it you have to, sh- it has to be on fire for 30 minutes and not hit a certain um, megajoule of heat. Um, and so, whenever we've tested these mattresses, they basically smolder out as soon as they pull the blowtorch off of it, because um, they literally use a blowtorch <laughs> on the side of the mattress. Uh, That's so anyway. a fun day
1: at the office, huh? <laughs> Testing them. <laughs>
0: You have to watch this too, like while they're doing it. you're like, okay, I just sent you, you know, basically five mattresses for you to test. If three of them pass, they don't have to burn the last two. They're like, oh my God, I worked so hard to make that mattress. And now I'm shipping it to you to literally light it on fire. And I have to sit here and watch you do this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's. Again, that's probably a uh, a different story for a different day. But yeah.
2: Anyway. <laughs> oh my gosh, I wanna I wanna ask you something about the latex. People are gonna wonder. Well, what about those trees? I mean, are these sustainably farmed, or how does that work? With the... it's all
0: FSC certified forest um, forest that it comes from, and it's actually a great uh, it's a great story that goes into these trees because they take about ten years before they can start producing. Um, any kind of latex. And so what the farmers do is they'll basically plant the tree the first year and then all around the tree they'll plant um, all kinds of other crops that can grow in the small space and use the shade from the tree as it grows. And it's all sustainably grown and harvested. And, you know, but yeah, basically they use permaculture practices to support the land so that the tree grows up, you know, stronger and taller. And then they can harvest that tree, the latex from the tree for about 20 years and then the tree is cut down and it's turned in. We're trying to get the furniture that they're producing from the tree that's cut down. And then it's also FSC certified furniture. So oh that's, oh, that's so cool.
1: So yeah. like bed frames, you mean by furniture?
0: Exactly. Bed frames and dressers and nightstands and all that. Oh. But it's still in its infancy, but that, that's our long-term goal.
2: That is so exciting. That's like just everything we're about right there. All that, yeah. you know, the, the soil, the sustainable farming, the permaculture that, oh my gosh, that's super yeah. cool. So cool. And,
0: and I would, you know, my favorite part about it is I didn't really touch on uh, the Global Organic Textile Standard and the Global Organic Latex Standard, but what's nice is this plantation that we're getting it from is gold certified, which is great. You know, we laugh about some of the principles of, you know, what GOTS and gold stands for in terms of their social responsibility. Mm -hmm. and we laugh at it in the states because no one here has really seen slavery no one here has really seen endangered servitude or you know the bartering for your work kind of a deal rather than just getting paid what was agreed Uh, it's big overseas and it's still a real problem and so having a plantation that is gold certified basically means that they're not participating in any of those labor practices Um, and that the people who show up to work have a work agreement that hey i will do x y and z and i will be compensated with this stated in, in advance, There's, and then they get audited every year, and a supplies audit, also random throughout the year, um, just to make sure that these practices aren't happening. Because again, you can get latex anywhere, you know, around the equator. That's just the best place for the latex trees to grow, the rubber trees to grow. It's not something we can produce in the states, um, you know, mm-hmm. naturally. You can get it where it's tallow latex, or it's been, you know, basically yeah. shipped from everywhere. Um, and so that's where it's not you can get in other places and they don't they won't talk about these labor practices because it's bad for sales whereas with when it's of certified it's like you lead with it of like no it's a little more expensive because everyone that worked on the plantation was actually paid a living wage mm-hmm. for the area so uh,
2: oh i am i am so glad you brought this up about the labor um this is a big thing and these days when people are so concerned with social equity and mm-hmm. um, what people generally do not realize is the involvement of modern enslavement in mm-hmm. our everyday products. Yep. Every and day. what we're sleeping on at night. Uh-huh. And, and wrapping ourselves in. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm like, just, if, if you don't think you believe in enslavement of other humans, just go to your closet. Mm-hmm. Uh- <laughs> Before we go down, that other rabbit hole. Oh, I, that's we didn't mess. finish
1: talking about what's in the mattress, did we? We with we were stuck yeah. on oh, latex.
0: Sure. So, so yeah, after the after the needle punched wool, then oh. it's just wrapped in our certified organic uh, canvas, um, which is just a rougher fabric, and we chose that because it's more durable. Like you know, accidents are going to happen around the mattress, mm-hmm. the life of it. Um, so we just went with a, a fire a, a fabric that was just more durable, so that it's going to last you that whole time. Because that latex and that wool that are around it. They'll last you for 30 years. We sent both of them off to labs to be tested, where they basically run a, a steel drum over the mattress, you know, for I think it is like twenty-four hours or something to replicate 30 years worth of use. And oh, wow. I've sent I've sent the the materials off, I think four or five times to a couple of different labs now. And every time the tech who did the test calls me like what is this material? Where did you find this? Like <laughs> amazing. This better than anything else I've ever run in the You're facility.
1: like Mother Nature. <laughs> I know. And almost,
0: you know, honestly, it is the least engineered product that is on the market. Like it's just it, there's so nothing cool. to it. So, so it's
1: the latex in the middle and then wool around it and then the canvas, or is it like a layered, like a parfait? <laughs>
0: uh, it's latex, uh, wool, and then fabric.
1: Okay. Cool.
0: So very, That's again, awesome. minimalist as much as possible because it's like, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, you could have gotten the, the embroidered fabric that goes on there that says organic cotton or Holy Lamb Organics or mm-hmm. all these other things. But it's like, all that is, is just additional cost that I eventually mm-hmm. have to pass off to the consumer. And it's like, mm-hmm. our game is to get people sleeping on as many of these mattresses as possible because at our core, we know it's healthier and we want people to have access to it. Yeah. And we've honestly got them priced at a point, all of our products. I wish we could go lower, but it's just, you know, we wouldn't be able to stay in business to sell. You know, to go any right. lower. That's why we don't do promotions very often. Mm-hmm. It's already put at that price point where it's like, okay, everyone that's touched this material and this product has been paid fairly. Yeah. You know, we haven't taken any shortcuts on the actual materials. We haven't mm-hmm. taken any shortcuts on the production process, on the quality, on any of it. And mm-hmm. you know, that's just kind of the way that it is in this.
2: Yeah. Day and yeah. Age. You know nowhere along the line is anybody like making a whole bunch of money on this. The thing is that it's where everybody along the line is getting paid fairly fairly and yep. the environment's not being mistreated and your health is being um cared for and um it's it's not a thing where oh wow that you know that is expensive therefore that means someone's making a lot of money. Right. It's just not yeah. it's just it's a different, and I think it's a. I think it's frustrating for consumers, yeah, to feel
1: like because it says sustainable or green, that means you can charge more for it, and it's uh-huh. like it's like no, it means you have to charge more for it, yeah. and and exactly. no one's
2: like, yeah, it's it's confusing, and that that brings us to my next question was, um, what are some of the challenges that you face in this business of trying to adhere to these this quite limited standards or quite you know just high standards
1: mm-hmm. and
2: so I know you must you could talk all day about that but <laughs> if you want to highlight yeah. <laughs> some of that.
0: Sure I mean definitely the hardest thing for me is still just working with people who have recently purchased you know a mattress or bedding from somewhere else and they're calling just wishing that they purchased from us in the first place because uh you know, someone else told them it was green or someone else told them that it was organic or they told them this and then they read, you know, that where we've, or they've talked to me and I've said, okay, cool. Just look at the label. And, you know, the fact that they didn't know that in the beginning, it's hard because they've just sunk the cash on that. And it was roughly the same, if not more than our product in terms of price. And just to feel like they, you know, no pun intended, you got the wool pulled over their eyes, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That part is just heartbreaking, and I've helped people numerous times file claims with the manufacturer of the bed to try and get uh, some sort of a return payment mm-hmm. out of it, and then have worked on ways of doing layaway with them or worked on ways of just trying to help them get into a better bed that's probably my number one thing of just hearing the stories of people who have been greenwashed and who <sighs> have you know they take a shortcut and you know, that's like, okay, well, it's going to take me three years to save up for something else now because I just dropped it on this mattress um, or this other comforter or this other topper from another company. So that's the hardest part. It's just helping people after the fact. It's easy when you can talk to them ahead of time because at the end of the day, I'm like, cool. If you buy from me, cool. That's, that's great. If you don't buy from me, that's great. You make your life's decisions. I, you know, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Um,
1: so that's, that's amazing to... that the first thing that came to your head is wanting to help people and it being hard to help people. Yeah, like, I
2: thought you were going to say, oh, it's so hard to, to, um, you know, get these things for a price that works or whatever, yeah. but no. It's but that's like, a true testament to just like
1: your business standards is. and you, yeah. you guys as a company and it's you as so a person true. is so
2: like. So, I'm just curious. <laughs> These people that. are coming back and say, I bought this mattress and then I found out it had formaldehyde in it. Is yeah. it like that? Like false oh, advertising? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's that polyester story of they'll come into the showroom floor with a pillow that is, you know, it says on it, like certified organic pillow. And then they'll show me the law tag on it and they'll be like, well, what is this polyester? How does this certified? And I was like, it's not. was like, Yeah. And then they'll end, that can't be what's inside. And I was like, it's got a zipper. Like you can see where they used a pillow blower where they basically dump polyester from above it and then it blows the, um, the polyester into the pillow and then they zip it up and they ship it out, kind of a deal, like that's the process there. And so they'll unzip it and they'll look at it and be like, oh, oh my God, that's full of polyester. There's nothing natural or organic about this. Um, and then they asked me what to do with it and I was like, well, you're gonna get maybe six months of use out of this. If you wanna keep using it, you can. Um, I'd be happy to at least sell you some of our woolly down that we have, which is uh, basically pre-felted wool. I was like, you could pull that polyester out of it and put our woolly down in it. And at least then you don't have to deal with the cost of the, you know, the pillow encasement. A lot of times I just try and work with people based on the the scenario that they're in,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, it's, I've been doing it long enough where I've seen, I like to say I've seen it all, but now that I've said that,
2: uh, (laughs) you'll see something else.
0: (laughs) Brand new. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that, that is definitely the hardest, just, you know, it's hard, it's just soul crushing. because It's like, I'm out here, I'm trying to do these things to make it better. Other people are trying to do the right thing and then to be bamboozled by it. It is like, okay, that's disheartening for them. And then it's an easy slip back into just do, mm-hmm. taking shortcuts and not doing any research. And, you know, and the other part, it, we get a lot of, you know, expecting parents who are also, you know, under the stress of that. And I've got two boys, thanks, you know. I get it. I know that stress and trying to make those decisions under that kind of stress and then getting bamboozled on top of that. You're oh. Like, oh my God, this is so heartbreaking because you're trying to do everything right for that, you know, the, the, the baby on the way. Mm-hmm. And then you just get thrown under that bus. Of like, Oh my God. You know, and oh, yeah. a, a yeah, lot you... of times of moms that are just like, oh my God, I feel like a horrible parent. It's like you were not set up for success in this situation. You're doing the best you can. You know, mm-hmm. And we always try and help as best we can.
2: Like you said, Emma, that's the that's the testament to to where you guys are as a company. Like mm-hmm. you just, you really, really want people to understand what these products are. And I think he really just wants people to, to get good sleep and be healthy. Yeah. Exactly. Like,
1: it
0: would I mean, be a
2: better world if everybody got better. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. for sure.
0: <laughs> like if, if anything, you, the world is described now. So everyone's just grumpy. We yeah. Just,
2: yeah. <laughs> so tell us, what are your greatest rewards in your endeavors with this this wonderful company?
0: Uh, the, I mean, the, the biggest thing is, I mean, I still do 90% of the deliveries for the company. Um, and so uh-huh. when I'm, you know, especially this year with UPS kind of raising their rates and everything getting really hard to ship this year, um, I've been doing a lot more of the inside deliveries. And so bringing people to their bed and just basically that excitement in their eyes of like, oh my God, I've been waiting for this. Um, and that, that's really it. It's just having the that's people so be cool. happy. Um, and and you're it.
2: the guy. You can yeah. tell them all about it.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Usually what happens is I'm the person that sells them the bed. I'm the person that builds the bed. And then I'm the person that delivers the bed just because we're on such a, a small team that's right crazy. now. That's um, crazy. And so it's just the nature of what we're doing. Um, and so that feels good when you bring it into someone's house and they genuinely appreciate it and, you know, they're like, this is going to be a life-changing piece. That feels nice um, to have them gone through that. And then the other piece is just the employees. I mean, they're great. We have a great team that's now working with us. Um, You know, they're all all in a better spot now than they were before they started working for Holy Land. Because again, they're all being paid fairly. They all have health insurance. They all have, you know, everything to live a good life in the United States right now. They've kind of got it. Um, There's flexibility. It's It's an all-woman team, which I still think Mm -hmm. is a fantastic piece because I worked in other facilities. I worked in, you know, guys are great. We're good for some things, but attention to detail, which is key for, uh, you know, this type of a product. I mean, they're great, and they'll, they will without doubt, reject a product that's kind of coming through. They're like, no, it didn't, the corner's not tightened or the corner's not filled out enough of wool or mm. uh, someone accidentally nicked it with a marker in a corner. So it's like, no, I wouldn't want that going out to a customer. Um, and just, I love the fact that they have that um, empowerment to make that call. Cause like, yeah, I don't want a customer calling and saying, hey, this item that, you know, I mulled over for six months before I bought it showed up and it has a giant marker stain in the corner of it. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'll never see it. But still, just the fact that that would go out the door, I mean, it, you know, I've had that happen in other places that I've worked at. And the fact that it doesn't happen here is a testament to the team's empowerment. So
2: yeah. that
0: that was a huge thing of getting into that level of having that confidence. So that, that it, you know, makes me feel good that we've got a team that we can trust that much and um, that cares, really.
1: I'm also curious, just from a business perspective, I, I know you mentioned expecting parents earlier, but do you have another just like main demographic that you feel like is like really interested in your product?
0: Yeah, I mean, we sell a lot to new parents that are just trying to make this transition for the, the baby, but usually it's young families, I'd say our primary yeah. demographic is people, they basically start, they get into the world or this industry based on, um, buying something for their, their newborn babies. And then mm-hmm. as they kind of go through the path and realize that newborn's not going to sleep in the crib.
1: <laughs> yeah. <you're> like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I totally upgrade yeah.
0: my bed and my bedding so that mm-hmm. when the baby is sleeping with us, you know, they're not losing the benefit of what they have in their crib.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so that's, that is probably, so funny.
1: You've yeah. a natural little funnel there. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. That, that, that is the lion's share of our market. And then The inevitable conversation then happens with the grandparents, and then the grandparents are like, oh, okay, fine, I guess we should do the same. Mm -hmm. So really, you know, and it's it's kind of a heartwarming deal of like, it's all based on the goodwill of trying to do the right thing for the next generation.
2: Yeah. And then
0: you realize, oh, I guess I should be doing the same thing for myself.
2: I guess the other entry point would be like um, the illness thing, where people like, oh, I have this physical thing that I can't find any... Solution yep. for and then oh my goodness, which is certainly yep.
1: more heartbreaking as well, right? Right. But it's so prevalent I feel like in this in the sustainability and chemical free space a lot of people find that through. Yeah. Sickness. The yeah.
2: Education education piece is is big We would like to know
1: what You most want the world to understand about the work that you guys are doing at Holy lamb We'll take take away
0: Sure. I mean, the the biggest thing is like just kind of going back to basics. Like the the, you know, the mattress world is supposedly an eight to nine billion dollar a year industry, and uh-huh. the natural piece of that. That pie, means you're rich. Oh God, no. <laughs> I'm that just is,
1: kidding. That, <laughs> that is, was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That must mean you're, you're making loaded. so much money on those mattresses. <laughs>
0: It's, it's 90% of that is the big fish. And I would be yeah, shocked oh, if sure. between like us, Naturepedic, uh, Savvy Rest, and some of the other players. And like, we laugh, like uh, we all try and compete with each other and, you know, try and, you know, make maneuvers. A, uh, well, there's only four suppliers of the materials that we can actually work with. Yeah. And so it's kind of just a joke. Um, <laughs> the rest of the industry is all the big fish that dominate it. But those big fish, I mean, they're producing so so much waste. I mean mattresses are the number two items in landfills by volume but so like carpet is the only thing that's in more in landfills and so I, it really it's just working with people to understand like any mattress you buy at Mattress Firm is going to break down in six months to a year and you're going to have to buy a new one and you got to have to find a place for the uh, you know that mattress to be and it's just it really for people just to slow down um, and make make a better long-term decision both for yourself you don't have to be going back to the mattress shop, you know, in a year and buying another garbage mattress. that's just going to get thrown away. Um, and for the, the world, because, you know, that anytime I'm driving on the highway or I'm driving around town, you're always going to see a mattress on the side of the road. It's just the number one thing. No garbage company picks them up. You can't get rid of them. You can't get rid of them. And it's like, it is not going to break down. Like with our latex mattresses, you could literally cut it up and put it in your compost bin and it would break <gasps> down. Oh
2: my gosh. I love that so much.
0: Same thing with the wool. It's like it will break down because it's a natural fiber. Like that's just the nature of the beast. So it's like even if, you know, and like this is kind of everyone's concern is the big fish are going to come into the natural world the way avocado has um, and upset the balance. But it's like, no, if that, if more people know that there is another way to do this, that is a good thing. And so yeah. and I'm not, like I said, I'm not here to get rich. I don't ever expect to be. I just here to work and do a good job kind of a deal and be proud of what I do. If anyone got anything out of this, it's like slow <laughs> down and focus on what's right for you rather than what fits your budget, your price point or what you know, someone else, Joe Schmo said this is the best thing ever, because the my pillow guy said it was great. You know, right. um, just look at it, make sure it's right for you and it fits your needs and just think about what happens to it when you're done with it.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's the um circular economy thing mm-hmm. like for for people to think about that next step that is and the coolest thing that you can compost your match. That with. is the yep. coolest thing. And,
0: yep. and anybody else... Yep. you can your yep. guys' are sheets that you have. You could
2: yeah oh, those yeah. up, throw
0: that in the compost. It's cotton. Cotton will compost in the field and it'll compost in your 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 bin. So.
1: yeah. Yeah. I recently saw um uh like a one of those you call it a law tag. Yep. See what's in it. Yep. So I was looking at um it was a picture online but it was a mid-century like couch like literally from the 50s and the tag on it was amazing it was like horse hair hog hair like all this crazy stuff
0: it has to be on there and that's just part of the federal regulations around it Mm -hmm. just uh, so customers know what they're getting because you know history is and it's repeating itself right now of like yeah if it's not disclosed they're going to put whatever they want to put in there whatever the cheapest thing (laughs) they have and yeah, you got bet. <laughs> it. The, the whole point of that, and now with the um, the whole Casper mattresses and them doing the ninety day. Well, it was when so Casper recently went public. Um, I'm not so you, they're on the stock market now. But when you go through that process, you basically have to disclose everything you do from you know the time you get the material to the time it goes oh, wow. uh, to the customer, and you have to disclose that because now you have investors that don't know anything about your business coming in and they want to get the details. So what came about. From this, because they've been around for seven or eight years now, Mm -hmm. they started um, looking into their basically hundred or I think I think it's a year that they're doing now, where you can test the mattress and if you don't like it, you can return it, no questions asked. So they started to look into what actually happens when you return those mattresses, and so it got disclosed that they've actually there's now a black market of Casper Holloway mattresses, and it's all the fish, like anyone offering 120 day or any kind of a guarantee they basically hire sending
1: this,
0: you Will they hire this other company to come in they haul it away casper or these people call or pay the um the customer back their money and then they pay this person who just hauled it away a, you know a fraction of what it's worth but then that person goes and he goes on craigslist or he goes on facebook marketplace or he goes on you name it offer up there are all kinds of other sites and they'll basically come up with the story of uh-oh, I have to move in a hurry. Does anyone want my brand-new Casper mattress or my brand-new purple mattress? Oh. They're at, and they're selling it as, it's, as it was used by them, and they're just you know moving in a hurry. That's disgusting. this whole thing happened, believe it or not, as history repeats itself, this whole thing happened in the 80s when they started coming up with the, um, you can't, where they basically back then, they were just sewing a new encasement over the old one and then selling it as a brand-new mattress. So there's laws already in place to stop it, and now it's going on again. And they should be looking into this, but we're a little distracted at the moment. So no yeah. one's just, none of the regulators have started looking into it. Um, but it's just this funny thing of like, history will repeat itself again and again and again. And so be careful when you're looking for you know a cheap mattress on Craigslist or on wherever. That mattress, and, and it's, it's um, uh, countrywide. So they may have hauled it away in a New York apartment and they'll end up selling it in Los Angeles kind of a deal. Oh, so then they'll ship gosh. the mattress all the way across there. If it had bed bugs there, it's going to have bed bugs in LA now. Anything that happened in it, it's, yeah. And so Gross. the hard part here is it is, in, it's it's more sustainable mm-hmm. than throwing it throwing away. Throwing it away, for sure. But at the same time, it's very disingenuous. Um, yeah, well, and back and to what you were saying earlier,
1: it's like, who are you giving your money to? And what, are, yeah. what system are you supporting? Yeah.
2: yeah. And I'll say this, it's, It's kind of the thing with all returnables, you know, like you can turn everything to whatever company you order for. They'll take it back. No questions asked and blah, blah, blah. Most of that stuff gets thrown on the landfill.
1: You know, it's
2: not like it's, you know. So returns are, I mean, consumers think, oh, whatever, I can order this, but I can return it. It's not that simple. It's
0: not no and like we don't have a lot of returns because we're upfront about it it's like take your time and make the right decision yeah we're not taking it back (laughs) yeah it's like we'll we'll do our best but any return that comes back to us it basically goes into our staff bin and then at the end of the year we have a party and basically the staff and all of their friends and family can come in and just take it for free because it's like i'm not i'm not going to throw it away because Mm -hmm. it's a perfectly good product and i'm not going to um you know resell it to people because that's a illegal and it would violate all of our transparency you know mm-hmm. things that we have in place so, well, if we want you to know the history of your product from you know the, from the sheep to you you can figure it out yeah uh, and so that's just what we have to do with it because there's not much else you can do with a finished product and yeah. you're not throwing it away and you're not selling it again yeah
2: so.
1: yeah well this has just been this is so i've learned this might have been then uh, one of the interviews where I've learned the most are like things I didn't know, like latex comes from trees. Okay. Maybe <laughs> I should have known that. I knew that. <laughs> I mean, maybe I knew that somewhere in my, I don't know.
0: I, you know, it's it buried in a corner of the brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but thank you so much for joining us, Jason. Oh. Thank you so much, Jason, for being with us.
0: Cool. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun and uh, have a good day.
2: that this interview will help you sort out and establish some guidelines when you're thinking about bedding for you and your family. If you have any questions, of course, we're more than happy to answer them if we can or help you find the answers. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Obviously, I learned a lot.
1: (laughs) It was just so informative, the whole thing, and also super interesting and really fun to talk to Jason. So thank you so much, Jason, and everyone at Holy Lamb Organics for the wonderful work that you do and for being our podcast sponsor for the Virtual Still Living Retreat. And everyone listening, please rate this podcast, write a review, and most importantly, share it with your friends, and we might just read your review on our next episode. And tune in
2: later for more Good Dirt. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. We'll see you next time and have a happy Halloween weekend.
1: Do you like listening to The Good Dirt? I hope you do, because you're here listening to it. And are you looking for more Good Dirt in your life and a community of slow-living enthusiasts to connect with, all while supporting your favorite sustainable living podcast? Well... We're so excited to offer The Almanac. It's our private, slow-living community network where we share workshops, activities, articles, essays, recipes, and so much more that align with our community's
2: sustainable, slow, seasonal way of living. As a member, you'll have access to information sharing and discussions on numerous topics of interest through online threads and frequent live virtual gatherings. Members receive access to a virtual community of hundreds of other slow-living enthusiasts, as well as Almanac-exclusive events, workshops, recipes, playlists, online gatherings, and a book club. We offer seasonal activities and ongoing discussions on a variety of topics to guide you on your slow-living journey. Also included is 10% off the Lady Farmer Marketplace year-round. Numerous resources and more, and discounted Lady Farmer events, including... Slow living retreat. As a good dirt listener, we are excited to
1: offer you 20% off your monthly membership and three months free, which is basically an entire season, if you sign up for the year. So go ahead and go to LadyFarmer.com slash community to sign up with this special offer just for good dirt listeners. Yay! That's LadyFarmer.com slash community to sign up for 20% off a monthly membership of the Almanac or 3 months free if you sign up for an entire year. That's ladyfarmer.com/community.